Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, helping others through innovation. The fact that we allow ourselves to live in a, our nation's capital and say, oh, that's a bad neighborhood, stay out of that neighborhood. That's ridiculous. Why is there a bad neighborhood? Somebody's living there. So you staying out of it doesn't do any good for society. Bringing an entrepreneurial approach to solving societal problems is a theme for the show and something I care deeply about. I'm an alum of an organization called Leadership Greater Washington, and I'm here to talk with another alum of that program, Mark Bergel, a PhD. He is a founder, and he is the founder of Wider Circle, which is an organization that's got an innovative approach for how to deal with making sure that people in poverty get the help they need in a proactive way. Mark, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start by sharing what wider, a wider circle is and what you're trying to do, do to solve a really big social problem. Sure. A wider circle is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, grassroots in nature. And what I mean by that is we rely on a lot of volunteers and we're not heavily government funded, although we're open to all kinds of funding. Uh, but in truth, we work on the ground every day. So we serve about 26,000 people a year right now and we get to know them. Some folks we get to know really well. And I started the organization, honestly, because I was just embarrassed and sick and tired of seeing people living in conditions that are uh, unacceptable, certainly in a region where there is so much abundance. There's no way we should have people, so many living in such scarcity. That's just uh, a lack of connecting to one another and a lack of prioritizing those with the greatest need. I think that, as is often the case, uh, people do things where they're angry about how things are happening and they provide their own energy. And that's what I think of when I think about entrepreneurs. Do you think about yourself as an entrepreneur? I do. Uh, I certainly did when I started the organization. I built it to be an entrepreneurial nonprofit, which is to say not encumbered by a lot of policies or bureaucracy, but to allow my team and I to move uh, toward outcomes with uh, with an eye on what's working and what's not working and whatever is not working, once we've given it enough time, then let's just change it. And really, uh, more to the point, an organization that will be able to listen to people we serve and adapt and, and change our programs based on what they express as the needs they experience. What kind of services do you offer these 26,000 people? Sure. Most people, about 16,000 of those folks, uh, get their homes furnished by Wider Circle, which is uh, they come to us about 20 families a day after having woken up that morning in apartments where they maybe have a possession or two or three, most don't have beds, dressers, tables, or chairs. And we give them everything from beds, dressers, tables, and chairs to sheets and towels, dishes, pots, pans, lamps, coffee tables, couches, you name it. They get all those items for free. Because again, we live in a region where there is so much and uh, nobody should have to be living in that kind of scarcity. And it's a little Maslow's hierarchy at that point, right? If we really are trying to help folks get back into the workforce, for example, or to have greater longevity in school, uh, for another example, then we need to make sure they have a stable, dignified home in which to live. Without that, it's hard to do anything else. Even if you give them a great class on employment skills or employability skills or technical skills, if they go back and they're living in a home where they have to sleep on the floor or four people share a bed, it's hard to implement even the greatest knowledge you may learn in a particular day. You know, it's funny. I, I was recently overseas and um, in, in Italy, as it happens. And I was really struck as I was sitting there that luxury, you know, whether it was a really tasty piece of food or sit on a piece of furniture or whatever, luxury is something that wasn't seen as giving, being given to rich people. It was just 
just table stakes, that everybody should have something in life that delights them. And I, I wonder that, is that what you're really getting at, that ultimately you got to democratize dignity <laughs> before you can actually have democracy? Does that make It's a great that, phrase, uh, and I think your point is, is well made, that it's really about everybody having a chance, hmm. equal opportunity. Uh, and it's been said so many times, but the number one reason the people we serve, the people with whom I speak every day, are in poverty is birth and a lack of economic mobility in the lower fifth of our country. There's pretty good economic mobility in the top four fifths, right? You see a lot of movement up and down, but in the lower fifth, you don't see a lot of movement up and out of poverty. Poverty is often a life sentence. And so this is not a charity I run, it's a social justice organization. And to your point, I think that the main goal is, again, to make sure we provide opportunities for everybody. That's the only thing that makes sense. Before we came on the air together, one of the things that we were talking about, which I really wanna get after is, this idea that it's so easy in our community to ignore people in poverty because they're not like us. You say that there's not much social mobility. So many people don't know impoverished people. Doesn't that ultimately create the problem you're trying to solve? It not only does that, but it also informs our programming. And I, I mean by that, that we try to create greater connections. We bring people together who don't normally connect, whether it's a, an individual who's had success in the workplace becoming a job coach, a volunteer job coach, for somebody who hasn't had that kind of success. We try to make those kind of connections. We are a whole, right? We, we are a part of the same social organism and we live our lives as if we're very different from one another, but we're not very different from one another. We are highly interdependent, not only interconnected. And so the fact that we let people live in poverty leaves a void in our old lives. And I don't know if we all feel it, but I think we do feel it at some level, mm -hmm. the void of having people suffer so much when it's unnecessary to do so. And, and I think that that makes us whole when we connect to others and, and make sure that Again, everybody has a chance. And this is not rocket science. Poverty is solvable. The only reason we don't solve it is we don't have the will. No matter what we say, we don't have the will. If we had the will, we would make sure we solved it. If your kid lived at the corner of, well, let's just pick any corner that's a dangerous, impoverished corner, uh, you would not stand for it. My guess is that you would make sure either your kid got out of there or that corner got safe. And the answer is to make those corners safe. The fact that we allow ourselves to live in a, our nation's capital and say, oh, that's a bad neighborhood, stay out of that neighborhood. That's ridiculous. Why is there a bad neighborhood? Somebody's living there. So you staying out of it doesn't do any good for society, mm. right? What does good for society is making sure there's not a bad neighborhood. And the way you create those neighborhoods uh, as safer and, and more positive places to live are bringing resources and making sure everybody who lives there has opportunities. And making sure that ultimately they're as real as the person down the street from wherever somebody lives. Yeah, I think that's right. There's no other. And, and we otherness, even in the social service sector, we have a lot of silos and a lot of territorialism. And we need to get past that and work as one integrated whole because that's truly how we exist. So we might as well live that way. Well, Mark, I really appreciate you coming on today. I admire your work at Wider Circle and I appreciate you taking the time to share some of your vision and work with us today. That was Mark Burgle, PhD, the founder of A Wider Circle. Thanks. to the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com.
Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two DC region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.